This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Philippa. Today's talk, we're going to be talking all about actionable digital marketing strategy and analytics insights, growing your businesses, and stop wasting resources. I love tech. I love digital marketing, internet marketing, the power, the leverage, and I'm happy to bring her onto the show for inspiration, motivation, and some great conversation. So, Philippa, welcome. Hey, thank you, Chris. Yeah, kind of uh, set the stage, talk about yourself, your background, how you got started, and we will get right into it. So my interest is in helping uh, sort of smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses, uh, like you said, get the most out of their digital presence and stop wasting money on stuff that doesn't work and find as well some opportunities that your digital analytics can actually tell you that you may not be aware of. So, um, you know, a lot of people see a load of numbers and they kind of glaze over and especially, you know, you combine that with a load of graphs and pie charts and stuff. And, but the point is, what does it really tell you and what can you make of it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, especially in this day and age of AI and data analytics, you know, kind of data is that's the oil. Some people say it's electricity, but, um, um, is so powerful, especially, you know, with AI coming on board, um, so kind of talk about, uh, this, uh, web analytics can be fun or at least productive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and you know, web analytics is what it sounds. So it's, you know, the, 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 the data about what people are doing on your website. Um, and as I, there are various tools, I mean, I work with Google analytics Four, which of course is, is the tool that majority of people use. Um, but that's not to say there aren't others. And of course, there are a lot of people who don't like Google Analytics 4, which I understand. So there are. <laughs> but really, the point is um, to to understand how to approach these kind of numbers. Because if you if you just look at a load of numbers, it, it's true. There's there's it can be completely overwhelming, and just looking at numbers is not going to tell you anything. Um, Unless yeah. they're all zeros, that tells you something like nothing's happening, right? <laughs> but um, uh, if it, what you, what you need to do is to figure out what you want to know, which means understanding your business, and that's kind of the good news for executives because every executive understands their business. Like we're not talking about web metrics now; we're talking about what does your business what need and want to do. Yeah, and from that. In your digital presence, what do you want to do, right? And so if we understand that, and then we can look at the numbers and say, okay, in that context, what do these numbers say? And that makes it all much more useful and uh, hopefully occasionally even fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what I, found, what I found fascinating is just basically if you get the analytics correctly, if you like basically we're going to talk about finding the hidden gems in your data analytics but and know where your like hidden opportunities, if you can find that and you can like fine tune that, your, um, your, uh, especially the income can be 
astronomical sometimes like 10x and um, it's just like the power of the internet and just kind of knowing how to use these tools so um talk about finding the hidden gems in your data analytics right and, and so you know it works both ways in terms of finding opportunities or finding ways that you're missing out on stuff um yeah. but for example talking about finding opportunities um i've worked with several clients where if you do something like look at, so, so you're working with a lot of professional service type firms, I understand. And, and that kind of business has a lot of content because the way you prove to people that you're worth talking to is by showcasing your knowledge and your expertise, right? So you have often a lot of knowledge on your site, a lot of content. And then it's really helpful to have a search engine actually on your site so that people can find the specific piece of content that they want. Yeah. Now, that search engine is a goldmine of data. Um, and a lot of people don't think about this. So I'm not talking mm -hmm. about Google search. I'm talking about the search engine that's on your website searching your content to show people what they want. Which, And again, that, I mean, that could be an e-commerce site too, obviously, right? You can do an item search. Um, but that tells you some a lot about what people are actually looking for from you. So it tells you, for example, things that your audience expects you to provide, and maybe you're not, but there's an opportunity. Um, I've had clients who've created knowledge-based products and for which you, you, know, you can start charging if they're high quality, you know, white papers, research, um, how-to guides. Uh, I've had a client where we've actually created a little side business with, with eBooks and manuals based on some of the questions that people are asking. Uh, I have a particular client in employment law that did this. And um, that kind of product, like a, a knowledge-based product is fantastic because it, it sells itself, right? Once you've created it, you can have a little shopping cart for people to buy it, but basically there's no fulfillment because it's just a download. Yeah. Um, and I've literally had clients that have created this sort of little side business that makes you know, several thousand dollars a month, which, you know, runs the website and everything just by itself without any staff involvement. So, um, but additionally, that the internal search engine tells you other really important things like what language, what words people use to uh -huh. look for what they think you should provide. Uh -huh. And that is really important in industries that you probably, again, have quite a few of in your audience where there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of, you know, the geek speak of the industry, whatever that might be, that the, the buyers may not be familiar with. So I work with a lot of tech companies. I've done a lot of tech. I've done some medical uh, stuff. And, um, and you really have to think about what words do the buyers use to describe this. And sometimes you're so immersed in your own, you know, your own jargon. I mean, you, you're so used to it that it doesn't occur to you that the person you're trying to target doesn't understand it. And even if it's not the immediate buyer, I mean, I've also had technology companies that sell to techie kind of people and they say, of course, they understand what it is. And I say, yeah, but what if? They say we need this component and they take that to their CFO or their purchase officer or whoever is actually writing the check, as it were. And that person says, I have never heard of this company. I want to check them out. I want to go to their website and just do a little due diligence, see who they are, what they do. 
and that person doesn't understand a word of what they then see, right? Yeah. Um, so even something simple like your about page, so even if all your component information is in, in techie, which is fine, um, it's really good to have an about page that's in layperson's English that everybody can understand. Yeah. And interestingly, actually, I can tell you that um, for people who come to a website and they're not familiar with that company, the about page is very, very often the next page they look at. They, they, people really want to know who is this company, who are, who's involved, you know, who's in charge, what do they do, how do they talk about themselves, etc. <laughs> so, so, and and this is the kind of thing that you can see from. It's very simple stuff that, but you know, from the web analytics, is that you may not be aware of. You know, the number of people that look at your about page, for example. Yeah, um, which brings me to my. Next question, we'll talk about AI, but um, the other thing is, uh, you know, with this, um, you were talking about just like articles and just descriptions, you know, websites rich in just keywords and, you know, layman's terms. And it's interesting, like, you know, I, you know, I write articles and, you know, I could be very technical. And if I change the title or kind of the keywords in the article to kind of more for the layman, like it gets more views and more traffic. Um, so, um, so talk about this idea of um, one thing is vanity metrics. Yeah. So um, vanity metrics, uh, we used to, uh, in in Google Analytics for uh, three, sorry, in the previous version of Google Analytics, we we used to um, and um, comments. You have how many shares? Yeah, that was very insightful comment. So the next question is: You see these uh, these vanity metrics where it's like you have how many followers, subscribers, likes, comments, shares, etc. And then, uh, but kind of uh, you know, talk about this. Uh, you know, vanity metrics are really just that, and what do we really need to know? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, to be really careful, because in that list, you just said subscribers. So I would not say subscribers is a vanity metric, because sus subscribers are people who actually want to hear from you. They want to read your stuff, right? So they're potential customers, maybe current customers. Um, so, you know, in vanity metrics is when I hate some some people who really don't want to engage with their analytics, you know, they'll come along and they'll look at this week's dashboard and they'll say, do we have more visitors than we did last week or last month? And if the answer is yes, they go, great, it's all working and they go away because they really don't want to engage with it. Um, that's a vanity metric. Why? Because just having more visitors doesn't necessarily mean that your business is doing better because if they're the wrong visitor, then you know you can have ten thousand visitors. If none of them are interested in buying from you, what's the point, right? So that's why we call it vanity metrics, and that's why I was saying earlier that the important thing is is to look for what you want, and look for whether what you want is happening. So that's the outcomes, your calls to action, what you want people to do when they come to your website, but also, are you getting the right people in the first place? Who are gonna who are gonna fulfill the outcomes, who want to see your stuff, who want to buy your stuff. Right. So a vanity metric really is is just numbers that have no relevance to those questions. You know, are you getting what you want? Yeah. 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 I love that. Um it, it's because like, you know, for example, like, you know, my podcast and I have so many subscribers, so many listens, you know, those are or actually how many emails 
people subscribe to your email list, your email newsletter, you know, how many subscribers on YouTube, you know, those are kind of, but then, you, you know, you're talking about like, you know, kind of like, you know, Instagram, you know, you have 1 million followers or whatever, you know, they could just be bots or trolls, um, which is. Uh, right. You know, yeah. it's funny. I remember, I think it was Wired Magazine back in either 2008 or 2009 had a big article that said email is dead. And they've been saying email is dead for years and years and years. And it isn't, yeah. is it? And and it's so interesting because when you look at digital marketing surveys where they ask marketers, what is, what's your most effective communication channel? Email yeah. is still way up there, way up there. And when you've got somebody's email address and they've said, yes, it's okay to send us stuff, Right there, you've got you know a warm body, um, so it, it's very interesting. Everybody thinks it's a really antiquated tool, and yet it's some of the times you know the simple stuff is still effective. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know email marketing and then SEO, um, all of these um, you know these things are kind of your core, and then you know on the periphery you have um, you know long form, short form, you have social media. Um, so kind of we're talking about uh, basically um you know people talking about website traffic but you talk about caring about analytics and then um what are some of the important metrics we should be following there's so many numbers where do people start well as i said that <laughs> depends on what you want so one of the really nice things about google analytics 4 and, and other programs is is that you can customize the metrics to figure out what you really need um, you can look for people doing specific things like seeing something on a page, a specific something on a page or or hitting a certain link or button. Um, you know, so you it's it's not a question of what's the important number, because the, what's important to me might not be the most important number to you. <laughs> um, it, it, that's why I'm, it's really important that people think through what do you want to happen? as a result of people seeing your website? Do you want them to literally buy something on the site? Can they do that? Do you want them to fill in a contact form or a lead form, a lead gen form? Do you want them to sign up to subscribe to your blog or your newsletter or your podcast? You know, what are you looking for? Um, what type of content do you want them to consume? Um, that's really important too. And again, going back to the fact that probably a lot of your audience have good content, um, one of the things that I look at a lot is how much content is wasted um, yeah. because there's so much content where there's, there's, you know, there are pages where there's lists of podcasts, for example, right? And, and the podcast list becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. anything that was recorded more than sort of three, four months ago is down near the bottom of the screen or on the next page, or whatever. And people don't go that far. Yeah. So you have all this great material, and I'm not saying you because it's your specific uh, example, but it, um, I see a lot where there's tremendous amount of content on the site that's still relevant and still really good and is never accessed um, because people don't find it anymore. <laughs> and uh, so everybody's looking for the next greatest thing, but you're not leveraging what you've already got. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a shame, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of talk about this uh, era of, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm asking more about artificial intelligence more and more in my uh, guest episodes because it's really um, inserting itself into the conversation. So kind of talk about um, AI and then uh, web analytics, website traffic, and then we'll move into data privacy a little bit later. 
Yeah, so AI, yeah, as you say, absolutely growing. And in the analytics world, one of the things it can be used for is, is predictive analytics. So especially when you've got big data, I mean, you need to have enough data, obviously, but when you've got uh, sites with larger amounts of traffic, um, it can be really helpful, for example, to look at potential trends. So e-commerce sites, you know, patterns of behavior in, in visitors, in buyers, um, the kinds of things that people might might buy, seasonal trends. So you can start really sort of streamlining your operations, your forecasting, uh, what you're going to need, what's what's in, what's not working, how visitors respond to certain types of calls to action or different types of personalized emails or advertising. I mean, for, for big data sets, it's really helpful in terms of, 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 sh of showing people or analyzing um, what you can learn from, from the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and then kind of talking about this uh, era of data privacy and should individuals be concerned about data privacy around using web analytics? Yeah, it's that was a big one. That was one of the reasons, in fact, that I think Google Analytics 4 was, was developed because the previous version, a lot of people had a lot of uh, concerns about. And in fact, in Europe, in several countries in Europe, the previous version of Google Analytics was banned for privacy reasons. Um, the new version is supposed to be much more robust in terms of uh, allowing people to opt out, not tracking people when they don't want to be tracked. Um, and of course, there are other programs uh, that, especially in Europe, are used because they're, they're even more sort of privacy sound. But you know, when you go to a website and often the website will now come up with a box that says, do you want to accept cookies? So if you say no, um, the, the analytics programs are not supposed to, to track you. They may take some very generic information, um, but nothing that can be that can be specific. And no analytics program is allowed to call to collect what we call, or I shouldn't say no, no public like Google Analytics is allowed to collect what we call, you know, personally identifiable information. So it's actually against the terms of service of Google Analytics to actually record in the data any kind of you know email address contact details of any kind which sometimes can creep in because certain forms will add those as parameters um on on the url on the page title um if they're not properly programmed so there are still some concerns but the i think the analytics companies now are really taking a lot of steps to try to ensure that um that that privacy is enforced. And in fact, what that means is that a lot of people aren't tracked. And so when you look at your analytics numbers, that doesn't actually reflect your visitors' numbers. Um, what it's giving you is, is patterns and trends of the people that you are allowed to track. But it's important to understand that it's not like auditable numbers of, of how many people actually come to your site. Yeah. Yeah, so fascinating. Um, and like I said, I love this area. And it's basically, um, you know, search traffic is really key because people are, you know, it's basically a huge goldmine of just information and, you know, potential clients, customers. Um, how can people contact you, follow you? I know you basically, um, you know, you help um, individuals with optimizing their websites, helping them with analytics, and then kind of, um, you know, helping them find where their website's losing money, all of that. How can they contact you, follow you, check you out on social media, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. And my website is websitesthatwin.com. I'm sure you'll you'll put this in the show notes, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And actually, I, I work with businesses as well as uh, individuals. So um, uh, I help people to make sure that their data is clean, which, of course, is the most important thing, because if if you're garbage in, garbage out, right? So yeah. make sure that your your analytics program is is giving you clean data and is and is customized. As I said earlier, you know, you can customize it to track what's really important to you. So making sure that's happening so that it's really reflecting your business strategy and then go into, OK, now we know we've got a clean implementation. What can we tell from it that will allow us to maybe see some hidden opportunities, uh, streamline things and maybe save some money on stuff that isn't working? Yeah. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank uh, Philippa for coming on um, again. I really love this idea, just kind of leveraging the Internet, leveraging information. Uh, leveraging search traffic to give exponential gains in your business and find more clients. And uh, all of our resources will be in the links and show notes, LinkedIn, our website. Be sure to give her a follow. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much.